Now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Well, howdy, 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 friends. We are discussing Colorado Parks and Wildlife, Colorado Wildlife Commission, all things Western Frontier Freedom related here on the Frontier Freedom Hour. I'm your host, Jeff Hunt. We have Rick Enstrom in who served with the Colorado Wildlife Commission from 1999 to 2007, served as the chair for three years. Let's talk a little bit about this commission. What do they do? What, what is the big point of the Colorado Wildlife Commission? Well, uh, it, it's, it's a statutory commission uh, created long ago, uh, 331-101, which, which basically said that the game of the state of Colorado belongs to the citizens of the state of Colorado. Mm. And there had to be a way to administer all of that. So they take all the hunting and fishing license fees and uh, uh, turn that into management and trying to better better the resource. That's job one all the time. So management in the sense of we can't just allow anybody with a gun to go up there and kill any animal they want, right? That would decimate the population. No, and right? that's, that's how we got to that point because they'd had, they'd ex- extirpated a lot of animals and needed to get some controls on it. Oh, yeah. Ba- I mean, back prior to all this, right? Oh, yeah. This is the Wild West. We're the Centennial State. We became the state in 1876. A lot of people don't know that. That's why we're the Centennial State because we became the state 100 years after that, after the founding of our country. But Prior to that, it was just kind of the Wild West, right? Oh, it was. I mean, that's how people fed themselves. Yeah, right. right. Anything else out here. When those those miners were up there in those hillsides, they had to have something to eat. A lot of people don't know this, Rick. Uh, Leadville was one of the biggest cities. In fact, it almost became the capital if it wasn't for one vote. I don't know if you know this. It was a single vote that allowed Denver to become the capital as opposed to Leadville. Leadville Creed was a huge, huge city, too, if you can believe that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Little old Creed. Yeah, right. <laughs> now it's got 800 citizens in it, I think. Yeah, and Leadville, you know, Leadville, I, I do a lot of ultra running. It's become this big Leadville, uh, big ultra running kind of mecca because of the Leadville 100, which I've competed in a few times, done the Leadville 50 and all that. But it, it, at one point, it was one of the biggest cities between St. Louis and uh, uh, San Francisco because of all the silver they were pulling out there and Tabor and all this history, which we'll probably get into on the show because I want people in the state of Colorado to know this. But at that point, yeah, you just – you wanted uh, – you can go to Safeway if you wanted venison or deer or anything like that. You had to, you had to go shoot it yourself. No, and they trapped things out of existence and yeah, shot all the buffalo and – so they create this commission, and for the most part, people don't understand this, but even though Colorado was a, a red state, it almost has been entirely led for last 60 years or so by Democrat governors. And so the commission is made up by appointments via the Democrat governor, right? That's correct. And then they have to be confirmed by the Senate, which used okay. to keep things sort of in check. Oh, good point. Right? So uh, we haven't seen any of that for a number of years here, yeah. and things have kind of gotten a little out of kilter in my estimation and personal position. So, so you're, you're serving as the chair of the Colorado Wildlife Commission. What was most of the work that you did? You managed uh, tagging and, and licenses and stuff like that, but you're also trying to make sure that we're not decimating these populations. So tell us a little bit more about kind of the scope of the work you guys were budgetary, doing. Budgetary. Budgetary matters. You know, it's the, one of the biggest agencies in the state of Colorado. And so uh, you try and direct those funds to, to better the resource. And so uh, 
And the other thing that I spent most of my time, and the reason I, w- I chaired it for quite a few years, given the fact that usually it's a one-year term, mm. I-, I communicated almost daily with every one of the commissioners so that I, I knew where the fires were before they got out of control, mm. and so we could all work together in unison, push the agency forward, uh, work closely with uh, senior leadership and spent a lot of time in the field. I wasn't a desk jockey. I spent time out in the, out there talking to people that uh, leadership didn't want me talking to <laughs> because you get the honest opinion of the people in the tr- pickup trucks that run that deal. So the guys in the pickup t- trucks, they work for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. They do. They're the ones out there implementing the policies that your commission decided, right? That's correct. Is that how it works? That's how it worked, okay. exactly. So uh, uh, it, it's a fascinating business and huge and many faceted. Now, now it's parks and wildlife. Those two got thrown together, uh, I don't know, six years ago. Did they? Right. So now Why it's parks that? and wildlife. Uh, they thought there would be some economies of, of uh, scale that maybe we could work together on, but it, it hasn't worked out as, as anticipated. And a lot of people that pushed it forward uh, not going to name any names, are not enamored with the process, and there's still interagency jealousy and maneuvering that yeah. I think works uh, in a bad direction for the agencies. So Colorado Parks are the state parks. That's correct. And then wildlife is managing the wildlife broadly within the parks or just across Colorado yeah, generally? You don't, wildlife and the parks, the only thing – that you can uh, generally do in the parks is fish. Yeah, we don't do a lot, any hunting in state parks. There's okay. some duck hunting in some uh, remote areas, but and there is a little bit of deer hunting on some state wildlife uh, areas. So you know it's a, supposed to be one big happy family, but the two systems kind of have different missions. Hmm. Parks manages people, wildlife manages wildlife. Gotcha. So, uh, and, and how many parks how, did you say there were? You 40, said, 42 state parks right 42. now. I bet, I bet my family and our kids have probably been to probably 20 of them. That's great. That's <laughs> awesome. I've been to we, a few myself. Yeah, we, should, <laughs> we should try to get to all of them. That, that should be a record. But we had a, at a certain point, we have a ranch now. This was prior to this, we used to live in Highlands Ranch, and uh, pretty much every Friday, I mean, we camped, I think, close to 50 days a year. Yeah. Tent camping, not RV, tent camping. We right. go through, we wanted our kids to grow up out there. And we live in Highlands Ranch, you live on a postage stamp. You know, our right. backyard was five square feet. But uh, now we live in a ranch and we have to spend our weekends taking care of goats. Oh, you mean you don't, just, stuff. you don't just put up a white picket fence and call it your farm? <laughs> right. No, I know. Right. We've, uh, I've got uh, 700 acres down by Lamar Woo! on the Arkansas River. So I know what you're talking about. Hold on, 700 acres on the Arkansas. That's not a very river. big piece of ground out in southeast Colorado. Oh, um, it's, that's it's enough to keep me busy. Well, you know, this weekend we're going to be uh, rafting on the Browns Canyon. Oh uh, boy, that's where I was a guide for five summers for a company called Noah's Ark. Uh, but so you have the Arkansas running through there. We huh? do, but it's not very much running. Oh, it yeah. kind of dries up where the Buffalo Headgate takes it out of my out of the river at my place and a little bit gets to go by to head down to Kansas. But so Tell us about your ranch. What do you have on there? Oh, we, what kind of animals? You know, we're not very good farmers because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I grow everything for the wildlife. We mm. uh, 
uh, have a, a wildlife preserve there and, and uh, waterfowl, and we winter about 7,000 mallards right down below the corral on a pond that, wow. that I got the water rights for. And, and uh, we don't stop any of it. The beaver does, yeah. and, and the ducks just love it. And wow. I haven't shot a duck on that deal in 20 years. Wow. I hunt above two miles, yeah. but I, I leave that for them, sit on the tailgate and have a, have a little glass of whiskey in the <laughs> evening and watch them come back after feeding, and it's just magic. Wow. That's if you've beautiful. never been down to southeast Colorado to see that migration in the fall from mm-hmm. December to February, it's fascinating. So much waterfowl. So you said in the fall, but then you said December to February. Yeah, so well, yeah. What, that's fall down there. Is that fall down? Okay. <laughs> Doesn't get cold until December. It's a pretty hot part of the state. I've never been down to Southeast Colorado. Uh, it's pretty flat, pretty dry, <laughs> and there isn't anybody down there, and that's why I love it. So you serve on this on this commission, and. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the direction it's going now, and this is kind of going to bleed into the next segment. We've got about two minutes here, but tell us a little bit about the makeup now under Governor Polis. How is the commission doing in here? Well, when we were on there, we represented sportsmen and uh, outfitters and uh, hunters and fishermen and things like that that were paying into the agency. And now the uh, in the last couple of administrations, there's been this tremendous push to try and reach out to some disenfranchised communities in their mind mm-hmm. that they don't think had been represented. And, and so now we've got, we got a lawyer for the Wild Earth Guardians. We got the president of Colorado Mountain College. We got an outfitter and a farmer out by me, so they're probably good. We got somebody from Boulder uh, that uh, is an expert in justice and liberation a uh, youth corps uh, director, a uh, 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 conservation conservation farmer on a giant dude ranch called the Chico Basin, uh, uh, a guy from Aspen also on Colorado Mountain College that keeps some chickens, uh, an environmental <laughs> studies officer from Colorado University. They just appointed a campaign specialist for the Wilderness Society and a guy that is a biologist at the zoo. Yeah. And so that's the makeup of your wildlife commission. So I guess they got even with us for, <laughs> I don't know, I don't understand. Well, so I'm reading through their bios too, and like you mentioned, a lot of the focus is on equity, justice, you know, trying to bringing communities that traditionally aren't engaging in the outdoors. And I, as I mentioned, I was a river guide and I was a mountain guide for years. And a, a lot of the urban community isn't spending time up in the mountains. I mean, it, that, that's a truth. And so you, you, you want them to be able to engage in the outdoors. And, but there, there's no sense of, uh, of systemic type of opposition that we're trying to keep urban communities from coming in and joining the outdoors. So I'm not sure why their, their, their big focus is on it. I think it's more cultural. Like, can we just promote within these communities the opportunities to go enjoy the outdoors? But the idea that there's some type of systemic injustice that's preventing them, I just don't see it. We're talking with Rick Enstrom. Rick served with the Colorado Wildlife Commission from 1999 to 2007. We're going to talk a lot more about the Colorado Wildlife Commission and uh, these uh 
Fees and Wolves. When we come back, you're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour hosted by the Centennial Institute.